Here are several anecdotes that come from a very uh, strong, reliable source, so I'll share it here. Uh, Rebbe Melech was once sitting with the Chassidim and telling them about Ashgach HaPotis, the Teres HaBal Shem that everything, even the most insignificant, seemingly insignificant event, is Bashgach HaPotis. So he explained to them to what extent Ashgach HaPotis that Ashgach HaPotis exists is that even if a horse, you know, was walking down the street, pulling a wagon, and the horse, you know, no horses don't go to the bathroom, but they decide to to make, they make wherever they are. So it drops in the middle of the street. So if the horse drops his excrements somewhere in the middle of the street, it's Bashgacha Potis that it had to fall exactly on this particular location. And not two feet away. The Chassid was sitting there, he was very surprised and somewhat skeptical that Hashem would care where the droppings of a horse would fall exactly in the middle of the street. Is it here or two feet away or one foot away? Didn't make sense to him. The next day, this chassid was walking uh, on a hill. He was going to a, either a shul or a mikveh. And it was winter, it was icy and snowy. And when you go to a very steep hill, it can be very dangerous. Because if you slip, and there's nothing to hold on to, then it's a slippery slope, literally. And the person just falls down, and can break his neck and die. But this guy thought that he could handle it, and he walked up the hill, and suddenly, as it was very high up, he suddenly began to slip, and he realized that he has no control over his, uh, over his slipping, and he's slipping and slipping faster and faster, and that's it. He was ready to say, Shema Yisrael and Vidui. But suddenly, as he was slipping down, he stopped in the middle. He stopped slipping in the middle of the mountain. So he looked down for what caused him to stop slipping. It turned out that one patch in the middle of the mountain on the slope was the ice and the snow melted because a horse an hour earlier had walked past this area and dropped. Um... You know, some droppings, which is usually hot, warm, and it caused melting of the snow. And that saved his life. He remembered suddenly what he heard the day before and how skeptical he was about what Rabbi Melech was saying about the Teres Abal Shem Tov of Ashgach HaPratis. He was quite impressed with that. The next day, he walks into the shul. As he walks in, Rabbi Melech is sitting there. He says to him, No, was I right or not? That's one story. Another story, which is a beautiful story. Again, this is um, either a bitzikel or the rabbiankel, and one of the one of them, again, part of the family of Rabbi Melech, told that story. Uh, it was a chassid of Rabbi Melech who came for shvuas to Lizhensk. His wife, before the, her husband left to Lizhensk, she knew that in Lizhensk and Yantav especially. It attracts a lot of thousands of people from all over Europe. And the husband is going to be somewhere in a little room somewhere squished. And he needs food sometimes. He's hungry. There's no food around. So she packed him a grilled duck. 
You know, in those days, since they didn't have refrigerators, so if you wanted to have meat to last a little longer, unrefrigerated, you didn't cook it, you just broiled it. Broiled food lasts longer. So she broiled him a kachke, a kachke, a duck. And she packed it for him and put it into a suitcase. He forgot about it and she bought the suitcase, went to Lezhensk, settled himself in his little place where he was given a little bed. And he went the night of Shavuos into the shul in the Bismedrish of Rabbi Melech. People were sitting all night and saying, Tikkun, four o'clock in the morning, he suddenly feels this terrible pangs of hunger, which he couldn't control. It was terrible. He just really felt incredibly hungry. He thought to himself, where am I going to find food now? It's, it's, it's early morning. It's, it's before Shachris. Uh, who's gonna, where am I going to find food? So he decided to ignore it and continue to read Tikkun. But as the time goes on, he felt more and more hungry and more and more bothered by the hunger and he, he just couldn't concentrate. So he decided he'll go, he remembered that his wife had packed him a piece of duck, a grilled duck, and uh, he'll go back to his room and eat a piece so he would feel better. Then he thinks to himself, eating a schmaltzy, grilled, broiled piece of duck before davening a grobe jung. Even a grobe jung doesn't do that. Who can eat a duck before davening? And he said, I can't do this. He continued to say, tikkun, but then it kept bothering more and more. It got worse and worse by the minute. So finally he said, I can't take it. I must go up to my room. He went to his room, took out of his suitcase this, this schmaltzy, broiled piece of duck, ate a slice of it, and he felt better. He went back to the shul, but he started feeling terribly guilty. What in the world did I do? I gave in to my nefesh abamis, and I ate this piece of duck. We're going to daven shaches in a couple of hours, and I ate this piece of schmaltzy duck before davening. How am I going to daven before Hashem? He felt terrible inside. He felt totally shattered, and, and he didn't know where to put himself. A few hours went by. It was time for shaches. The shul is packed with people. And they're waiting for the tzaddik Rabbi Lemelech to walk into the shul. And as Rabbi Lemelech finally walks in, they make a path for him. He walks his way all the way to his place. And as he passes by the, 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 the rows of people, he passes by this chassid. And he passes by him, he says, I want you to go and be the chazan today. The chassid was totally, totally uh, terrified. The Rebbe is asking him to be chazan, the baltfila today for, for shachis and shvuas. And he, the guy who ate a piece of broiled duck, a kachke, before davening, is, is so unworthy, but he has no choice. The Rebbe Limelech says, you got to do it. He went to the Amit, and inside he was totally shattered. He couldn't, you know, make peace with the fact that he's such a low life. And he is representing this whole holy congregation in front of Hashem. And he's davening for them. Rabbi Melech is in the shul here too. And, and, and me, <laughs> I'm a low life. But he davened. He was so broken. After the davening, Rabbi Melech walks over to him and whispers in his ear, the kachke had git gedavent. The duck davened really well today. In other words, he told him the fact that he felt so bad made you davening so exponentially more worthy than if you didn't have eaten the duck. 
and you thought to davening with great kavana, this was much better. The kachke davened really well. One last thing I just mentioned, this is written in Sepur Hasidim for Rav Zevin. It's the end, the last story of his Sefer, Alatoira, I believe. He says from Adria, a witness, this is during the Nazi invasion of Europe and Poland, they came to Lezhensk as well, and Jews from Lezhensk fled to the cemetery of Lezhensk to hide. They went into the oil of Abilimelech to hide there. When the Nazis came, they were searching for Jews. They also went to the cemetery, and they finally went into the oil of Abilimelech, and they found the Jews there hiding. They asked them, what are you doing here? And so one of the Jews explained, this is a burial of a holy man who passed away 180 years ago or more. And he's buried here, so we're here to pray. The Nazis, of course, tried to demoralize and desecrate everything that's sacred for Jews. So they said to the Jews there, what kind of nonsense is this? Some holy person who died 180 years ago. There's nothing left of him here. Why are you guys making a big deal about it? Come on, I want you to dig it up and I'll show you there's nothing there. The Jews had no choice. At gunpoint, they had to start digging. And they dug and dug and dug. And the Nazis were looking and looking and showing them, see, dig, dig, dig. And they, when they finally dug and they opened up, the face of Rabbi Lemelech, where their eyes were open, was staring back at these Nazis. When the Nazis saw the holy face of Rabbi Lemelech, staring at them with his eyes open, they were gripped by a terrifying fear, and they dropped their guns and fled for their lives like a demon has been chasing them. And the Jews who were hiding there were able to escape. This is a story which Rav Zevin says from an eyewitness. Okay, as we say, Shusha Yogan Aleinu.